Hey guys, welcome to Peace of Authenticity with the Andersons. We're live every Monday morning and we want to be current and authentic and genuine in every topic that we bring for you guys. Nothing is more refreshing than when people are open and honest with their walk with God. And that's just what we want to do. We want to have conversations with you weekly that ignite you and challenge you to be the best that you can be. A lot of times we think that we have to have it all put together and we put on masks to get through our week. But here, we want to be able to just talk it out. Exactly how it comes out is exactly how it's going to be. So join in on the conversation. Booyah! What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the beautiful attitudes. We're excited about this journey that we've been on together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we're diving into the Sermon on the Mount. And sorry, I have like I'm kind of stuffed up right now because I've been working. He was cutting down bushes. And so, um, oh my goodness, that's on loud. So. Yeah, so if it makes me kind of sound weird, you know why I've been outside and so it's messing with me. But wait, I need to say something. Go ahead. We're decked out in office merch right now. <laughs> and no, we're not getting paid. Yeah. Dunder Mifflin. We're just Bears we're just, Beats Battlestar Galactica. We're just repping it hardcore. We love it. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> You usually like to start, but that's fine. I'll do it. Um, okay, so we are going over the fifth beatitude or beautiful attitude. And it says this, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. It sounds very simple, but it takes a lot. Yeah. Well, I think I think the gospel just in nature is simple, but it's complicated because we are constantly battling the flesh. And... The, the thing about it is, right, we, we've been talking about this whole, this whole time that each beautiful attitude builds on the next one. And so we've already talked about blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek. And last time we talked mm-hmm. about blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And when you're in right standing with the Lord, the next one comes down the pipe and it says, blessed are the merciful for you shall receive mercy. I think that... Um, before we went live, Jordan was actually talking about it, how cool it is that this one is actually like if you if you give it, you receive you it. You get it, yeah. You get it back. All the other ones are, you know, blessed are the blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, it's it's like, always receiving something else. Yeah, it's almost like a. I see the other ones as like a cause and effect. Like you do this, and this is what's going to end up happening. Yeah. And this one's kind of like an eye for an eye, but in like a good way. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I kind of thought about that, and I was like, Lord, I, I think that there's there's something there's something to that because I think just as much as we want to receive mercy, we need to give it. And I just think that's so important because it, it laced with that is empathy, laced with that is compassion. It's everything that we need. And, and you know, you were just talking about the steps of the uh, Beatitudes. And when you really think about it, the first four are kind of about you and the Lord, trusting the Lord, leaning on the Lord. And this is where people start getting in the mix because it gets a little messy sometimes when it involves people. Sometimes it's easy to like maintain yourself and like spend time with the Lord and work on your relationship with him. But whenever you're <laughs> like everything widens and you have to deal with people, can I get an amen? It gets yeah. a little more difficult. And that's why we need to stay with those four steps and build from there with those 
four steps beforehand, building on your relationship with the Lord to where you can move to the next step. And it does involve, involve being merciful to people because people, people are people. Yeah. Now we're getting into the dirt of it because here's the thing. Everybody, no, well, let me say this. Nobody has a problem with seeking after the Lord. I think that a lot of times we, we battle apathy and maybe we yeah, don't, complacency yeah, and... we don't, we don't seek the Lord like we should. I don't yeah. think any of us get to that spot where, oh, I've made it. I seek the Lord the right amount I know of time. Everything about him. <laughs> I spend the right amount of time with the Lord. And if you think that Oh, no. You're probably wrong. Start back to step one. <laughs> yeah, you, you need to become <laughs> poor in spirit once again. But but here's the thing. I, I think that this is the first one that that really dives into how you treat other people. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe, I'm a firm believer that if you aren't where you're supposed to be with the Lord, which is why the first four of them were about you and your relationship with God— if you're not where you're supposed to be with God, you cannot treat people the way that they deserve to be treated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it, it just it just wrecks me to know when when it says "Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy." That is a very convicting beatitude. It's it's a very convicting, beautiful attitude because we often defend the way that we treat people because well, they did this to me, so that's why I do that. <gasps> an eye for an eye. It's yeah, it's cause and effect. It's all coming together. Yeah. And so we're we're oftentimes like, man, you know, I really fell short. But if they wouldn't have provoked me to anger, I would have mm-hmm. never acted that way. Mm-hmm. But I think that mercy, we understand mercy as we extend mercy because it was first given to us. While we were still sinners, while we are still sinners, Mm -hmm. Christ died for us. And so it's a, this type of mercy that the Bible is talking about is a mercy that defies explanation. Mm. It's, It's a mercy that says, even though you treat me like poo, I'm going to extend the mercy that you don't deserve because God extended his son to me when I didn't mm-hmm. deserve it. It's it it defies all fleshly reality and that's why it's hard for us and that's why Jesus is saying that if you become merciful you will receive the mercy that I have to give. And so if you're not merciful to your brothers and sisters then you're not going to receive the mercy from Jesus himself. And true mercy, like what Aubrey's talking about, there can't be an ounce of flesh left in there. Yeah. Because I was telling Aubrey earlier that you can say you had mercy for somebody like, oh, I could have done this. They have no idea what I could have done to them. But I didn't. I showed them mercy. But you're still speaking in a certain way to where there is a bit of flesh in there. And so it's creating a self-righteous kind of feel about it. Like, oh, I knew I could have done something to them, but I decided to be the better person. But it wasn't it wasn't in a better person sort of way. It wasn't in a I'm walking like Christ sort of way. And then it made me think, Aubrey, that the enemy has um, a really lame attempt at um, uh, mimicking what God's doing, but turn it to darkness, right? Mm-hmm. And so I would say in every single step of the beautiful attitudes, there's a darker, more prideful, filled um, aspect yeah. to them that people might think, well, oh, I'm doing good in that because of this and because of that. But you could have a false humility. You could have a false meekness. You could have a self-righteousness, right? Because it says thirst, hungering and mm-hmm. uh, thirsting for righteousness, step four. And this could be a false, like, 
hey, like kind of a Pharisee thing, like I could have done this, but I decided with all of my godliness to be better. And that's not true mercy. True mercy is to where you are. um, It kind of makes me think almost like you're this, that statement, you're at the mercy of the court. It's like you put yourself in that position instead, like what Jesus did for us. That's true mercy. Jesus died for us in our sins. Like Aubrey said, the gospel is so simple that we receive mercy, so we give it, right? Right? We receive forgiveness, so we give it. But so many times we don't because we're not living the truth of what Christ did every single day and going through that journey with him every single day to where you are wrecked by the sacrifice of Jesus and you can't ever think of the fact that you would hold anything against somebody because of what Christ did for you. If you're not wrecked by what God did by sending his son here and what Jesus did dying on the cross, then we need to go back and really take in the truth that is the gospel. Because every single thing, Aubrey, I know we talked about this before, but every single thing in the gospel is where Jesus was about to um, act upon like a miracle. A miracle is about to happen. It always showed Jesus filled with compassion towards that person. And if we're not willing to be merciful, then will we see miracles for others? Yeah. If we don't have that compassion for them? Well, it, it kind of actually, you just saying that was going to where I was about to head next. Matthew chapter 9, just a few chapters after the, the Sermon on the Mount. Just like you just flipped a couple of pages. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, it starts out by saying, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. Not just some, Mm -hmm, every. mm -hmm. So that means that when you pray, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Jesus was actually walking that out. When he was teaching Mm -hmm. his disciples to pray, he wasn't just saying, oh, this is how you should do it. Because a lot of times as Christians, that's what we do. We say, well, this is what you should do, yeah. but my ref- my life is not a reflection of that. You know, do as I say, not as I do mm-hmm. type thing. But Jesus was actually about it. He didn't just talk about it. He was about it. And so it goes on into verse 9. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Mm. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in his harvest. I I think that it's important to understand that Jesus, the Bible says that he was moved to compassion because he saw that people were lost. A lot of times when we are put into a situation where we need to extend mercy, we have to come back to the realization that this person is lost, that this person is Mm -hmm. not acting out of the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Therefore, I'm showing them mercy just as the Lord showed it to me when I wasn't walking in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. It's, It's a given, but it takes conscious intentionality. It takes the fact that I have to take myself out of the flesh, right? Which we already dealt with in the first four beatitudes, the first four beautiful attitudes. It all sets us up to the position where I'm going to extend mercy because mercy was first given to me. Why? Because I'm poor in spirit. 
because I've already mourned my sin and therefore mm-hmm. I've become meek and I am hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And when I am in right standing with Jesus, that means that I'm able to step outside of the flesh and show mercy where no mercy is due, but I'm showing that mercy because Christ first showed it to me. Mm. I and, want to sit on. That. Yeah, and and that and that's the thing. It's not, it's not about. I, I'm so tired, and and I fight this all the time. And you know, even when Jordan and I argue as a married couple, we'll argue about something, and we'll even say this to each other. And I'm saying, well, I acted this way because you first acted that way, and then and then it vice versa. If if the other it's one gets mad, goal. and yeah, and comes back, like if Jordan comes at me and was like, well, why'd you do this? And then I'll go, well, I did that because you did. And I was like, it, well, I did that because you did that. Right. There is no meekness in <laughs> no, that situation. There, there is no poor in spirit in that situation. No. And therefore, you, if you don't become poor in spirit and you don't, you're not really showing mercy, even if you think you are. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I just really showed mercy to that person. If you feel the need to tell somebody else about the mercy that you've shown, it's not mercy. It's still pride shadowing itself as a beautiful attitude. Yet again, going back to the enemy, always his lame attempt of mimicking everything that yeah. God does in a darker sense. Because, Absolutely. listen, I've already said this before, but the enemy loves nothing more than a hypocritical Christian because they will pull, like, they will make those lost people look at them and be like, never in a million years am I yeah. going to church or am I even talking to God? Because if these people are your followers, I don't want nothing to do with well, it. Well, listen, I, I got to interrupt this just what? really quick. Liz, I, I don't know if you follow anybody on here, if you listen to this, if you follow T.D. Jakes or not, listen, whatever, no matter what your opinion is of the man, he said something that made me laugh hysterically, and at the same time, it wrecked me. He was preaching, and he said, he said, uh, I want everybody in here to look to your left and look to your right. And so everybody, you know, the camera's panning around, people are looking to their left and right. And he said, uh, he goes, you're looking at hypocrites. And I was like, oh. and probably at the beginning, everyone's like, "Huh?" Oh, yeah. Looking at, looking and, at yeah, their you know how you are today. in church. If you're in an interactive church, you're like, "Hey." Oh. I, want, I want you to say that one more time. What T. Jake said, and I'm going to be someone's reaction. Yeah, that's what he said. He goes, "I want you to look to your left and look to your right." He said, "You're looking at a hypocrite," and everybody was just like. <laughs> And, and he, you know, and listen, I, I don't know where, where his sermon went after that. I just remember that one spot because it wrecked me because those of us that are in the church are bad about this. And we, we call ourselves the church, but we're, we're not humbling ourselves. We're not becoming poor in spirit. And so we are acting a certain way Monday through Saturday. And then when Sunday rolls around, all of a sudden we're merciful and we're meek and we're poor in spirit. But the people that you work with, the people in your family, and especially the people that ruffle your feathers week in and week out, are they experiencing you with a beautiful attitude? Or are they experiencing you just like the rest of the world, talking to them how the world does, speaking at them as the world does in accusations, and and just treating them rude and unloving? Listen, we are supposed to be set apart. The beautiful attitudes are not something that we should just be like, well, maybe, Lord, one day I can be there. This is Jesus' way of saying, do you want to see somebody that has been reborn? Do you want to see somebody that is one of my children, that that is following 
the blueprint that I left behind. Mm-hmm. These are the attitudes that exemplify a follower of me. That is what Yeshua was trying to tell us 2,000 years ago. And we still have not gotten it right. We still think that we can go in Monday through Saturday and, and be just like the world and then come in on Sunday unchanged and then all of a sudden, oh man, church was good this week. Maybe it can carry me through to the next Sunday. And enough is enough. <laughs> really, really. Because there's so many of the church that the enemies lied to them and they think that they're living pretty good. I mean, they've got at least three of the beautiful attitudes down, so I think I'm okay. Um, yeah, you haven't even passed stepped one most of the time. And I, certain days... I don't even pass step one. Yeah. Like that is not literally me and Aubrey getting on to people. That's yeah. our life. Yeah. And it's being real. And so many times in the church, like, okay, mom's on here. She'll think it's really funny. Um, whenever I was little, you know, like we would look nice. We'd have our little Sunday dresses on on Sunday morning. We go get some donuts. And then me and my sisters would get in a kick fight in the back seat. And my mom's like, you better stop it. She's like, we're about to pull up into the church. And you better act like you like each other. And Aubrey said his mom said the same thing. Yeah, I was a, a PK, a preacher's kid for all of y'all that don't know. And I remember getting yelled at. You better act like you all, love each other. All the way to church. And it was about 10 mile drive. All the way to church. And then all of a sudden we pull up into the driveway. My mom would put the car in park and she's like, she would turn around and look in the back seat at me and my brother. You know, the parent crazy eyes, like they're just like that. And then my mom would say, now we love each other. Yeah. We are the pastors. We will reflect that. Yeah. And you better not tell anybody what happened before on the way to church you. this morning. <laughs> yeah, well, she didn't say, I'll kill you, but she said... She said it with her eyes. She's like, you'll be cruising for a bruising. I mean, you guys remember all the <laughs> all the crazy things parents used to say? It's like, oh, you're asking for it. This is going to hurt me more than <laughs> it hurts you. You're cruising for a bruising. You're like, that's a lie. Yeah, you love this. It's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, okay, legit though, you were like that as a child. Let's be real. We're like that as adults. We're literally yeah. like passive aggressively texting somebody like you know posting on facebook about them they won't yeah. ever know it's about them but they might know i don't care and it's like you go to church you're like hey oh my god like it's the worst <laughs> people we've got to be real we got to be transparent yeah transparent and i don't mean you go up and say you don't like somebody i mean let's start at step one where we yield to ourselves because if you're mad because somebody offended you well that might be something that you need to yield to the lord so go back to step one because yeah. why are you so mad? Jesus had people murder him. And he literally said, Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus was being merciful to people as he was hanging on the cross, yeah. dying. And they were mocking him. Yeah. And Jesus had mercy for them. And you know what's interesting, Aubrey? I just thought about this. The two other um, guys on each side on those crosses, it said at the beginning they were both mocking Jesus. And then all of a sudden, one of them decided this is getting too real and he was about to die. And if Jesus is, you know, he's like, Lord, will you remember me when in you heaven? come into your kingdom? Yeah, yeah. And Jesus is like, I'll see you in paradise. Absolutely. You'll be with me in paradise. You're, so cool you're telling me within probably 30 minutes, he was mocking Jesus. And then he was probably quiet thinking for about 10 minutes and decided to talk to him and Jesus forgave him. Yeah. Yes. Well, and maybe, maybe it was even the statement. Maybe it was the mercy statement that Jesus made in that moment. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do, that a worldly man, a thief, literally crucifying, you know, on on the cross next to him, Mm -hmm. 
was blinded by the mercy in that moment. Maybe it was beyond Mm. explanation to the point where he said, this man has endured all of this and he's still saying, Father, forgive them. Maybe that was the statement that wrecked him to the core to the point where he said, I don't know where this guy's going, but I want to go with him. Yes. Maybe the world is expecting statements of mercy to come from you and I. And so when the, when they're sitting there saying, man, Aubrey or Jordan, man, they have every right to strike back at this person, but you don't. Mm-hmm. It goes back to meekness, right? Yeah. It's almost like it takes it a step further than than meekness too, because along with being meek in this situation and and like rebuking the pride, you're embracing the compassion and the empathy for another person. So you're just taking it another step. You're taking it another step like Jesus would and deeper and deeper into how Jesus lived. And I I really believe this. Earlier we were talking about the way whenever Jesus would um work a miracle it would be out of compassion and i really believe us as followers of jesus christ if we embrace people with mercy and compassion and empathy it will open a realm of miracles that we have not seen in a long long time because our flesh just gets in the way and our pride gets in the way and selfishness gets in the way and if we truly truly show people mercy and love and compassion we will see miracles like we never have before i really really believe that Absolutely. Here's here's one more example of showing mercy, therefore you will receive mercy. It Jesus literally on the cross says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Asking for mercy for the Romans and the Jewish people alike that were witnessing what was happening to him. In Acts chapter 7, at the very end, this is where, this is when Paul was still Saul. Hmm. And he witnesses the stoning of Stephen. The Bible talks about a man named Stephen that was a righteous man preaching the gospel. And so here it is at the end of of Acts chapter 7. And it says, They cast him out of the city and they stoned him. And the witness laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. This This is who will become the apostle Paul. This is Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. I think that it's a a powerful vision for us to get our minds, to wrap our minds around the condition and the intentionality of showing mercy Stephen was literally drugged out of the city by a group of people and they surrounded him with stones in their hand Mm -hmm. to throw them until he died. And in the midst of that, Stephen remembered just how Jesus went out and Stephen goes to that same position just as Jesus did. Jesus is saying, this is how you'll notice followers of me. And Stephen says, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. As as they're surrounding him about to and you know they were trying they were they were trying to kill the guy. I mean they did kill the guy, but I'm saying a group of people surrounding you trying to kill you, trying to take you out. And Stephen had the intentionality to get down on his knees and instead of instead of like praying, Oh Lord, forgive me for every bad thing that I ever did, he just said, Lord, for 
don't hold their sin against them. I think it's it shows a love for the world instead mm-hmm. of just what's going on in my own life. Many of us get to the place where we, we start to panic when we think the end of our life is coming near. Stephen is literally at the end of his journey, and he knows it. And his final prayer was for the people that were throwing rocks at him. And, you know, you saying that, like, we always think if we're about to die, it's inward, like, oh, my gosh, wow, this is getting real. I need to do something, like, to save ourselves, right? But if we're living these Beatitudes every single day, we would be like Stephen and be thinking of others even seconds before we die. Stephen had eternal, eternal vision. He saw, he knew, just as Jesus said, I go to prepare a place Mm -hmm. for you. Stephen knew where he was headed at the moment that those rocks would begin to hit him. When he took his last breath here, he knew that he would be seated in heavenly places with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He knew that. And so his final prayer was for the world around him instead of just panicking and being like, oh man, am I supposed to be where where I'm supposed to be with the Lord? Am, Am I there? Have I made it? Stephen already knew. It's because he exemplified what we're talking about. He knew he was going to receive mercy because in that moment he extended what they didn't deserve. He extended it. Therefore, he knew that he was going to receive it. Mm. And that's powerful to me. There is no powerful example. Of course, Jesus could do it. He was perfect. He was sinless. But Stephen, this was even a more regular dude. And he extended that final prayer. And I love how the Bible said he went to sleep and then he woke up in heaven. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Even in the midst of something as gruesome as a stoning, the Bible says that he went to sleep. And when he woke up, we knew we know where he was. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. But we extend mercy, right? Because mercy will be extended to us. I did. I just think that that is crazy powerful. But we can't wait for the next one also because once you learn how to extend mercy because mercy has been extended to you the next one that's coming up the bible says blessed are the pure in heart for they will see yes. god yes oh man they will see god Mm-mm-mm. so it's going to be good oh man i'm excited for that but so we will be back here thursday at three o'clock live mm-hmm. and um all the other videos are archived on our youtube um, all of our YouTube, Facebook, I tried to do twice and it didn't work, but most of them are on Facebook now too. But okay, guys, we love y'all and we will be back on See Thursday. You Thursday. Bye. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.